Hi everyone, Amanda here, and this is Planned, Kept, and Productive, the podcast where I'm helping you put real food on the table in less time with less stress and overwhelm. This is episode 20, Gourmet Cooking with Marley Brady of I Just Make Sandwiches. I'm so excited to be welcoming another guest to the podcast today. Marley is like the queen of gourmet cooking. And the reason that I wanted to invite her on to talk with you all today is with my experience in cooking in commercial kitchens, I know that a major part of gourmet cooking is organization and time management. So I knew that in her experience as a trained chef, that she would know a thing or two about putting a meal on the table and have some great advice for us. So without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into that interview. I'm so excited to welcome Marley Brady of I Just Make Sandwiches, and I'm going to let her go ahead and start by introducing herself and telling us a little bit about what she does and um, what her mission is with her blog. So hi, Marley. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. So can you just go ahead and start with that with a little bit of an intro of who you are and what you do? Okay, yeah. So hi, my name is Marley. (laughs) Um, And I run a food blog called I Just Make Sandwiches. I am a professional or, you know, classically trained chef. Um, I used to work as a professional chef for close to 10 years before I had my son um, and then chose to stay home. Um, And I started blogging because I saw a real need to uh, share my wealth of information that my cooking career had given me, Um, especially in the uh, in the realm as far as gourmet cooking is concerned. Um, Yeah, definitely. Because everybody thinks gourmet is so like high tech and, you know, people think immediately of like sous vide cooking and French technique and everything. They get too scared to try it um, and think it's too hard and think it's way too time consuming. And really, it's not. And so uh, my mission in starting the blog was to uh, demystify gourmet cooking and to provide tips and tricks to home cooks that help you um, work more efficiently in your kitchen uh, as far as setting up your kitchen in a more flow efficient way, how to work with lists, how to um, how to source seasonal produce and things of that nature. And then I create recipes that show you how to put those tips and tricks into practice. So it's, it's very practical and, um, it's not as scary as everybody thinks it is. (laughs) I love that. And I think we could all use a little bit more, a little bit more gourmet in our lives. Um, so I'm really excited. A big part of the reason why I wanted to have you Marley here on my show is because I think that people don't really understand or think about, um, the fact that chefs are truly are experts in time management. And that's something that I'm really trying to teach my audience. And so I really wanted to get your expertise. So I'm really excited to dive in further uh, with you on this topic. Um, anyway, so first off, I just want you to, and I may have talked to you about this in the past. Marley and I have been online friends for a while, but um, tell me about your blog name, um, what exactly it means. So she said her name already, but she blogs that I just make sandwiches. So I think there's a little bit of a funny 
story here, if I remember right. So can you explain what that means and kind of what message you're trying to send there? Yes, it is very tongue in cheek. So all of those who are our neighbors across the pond will just will pick up. Um, <laughs> um, but I came up with I just make sandwiches because in the last well, no, I used to say this quite a bit in a few of the restaurants that I worked at. Um, but I would be working my station and um, just be really focused on what I was doing. And at these restaurants, I would have gained some tenure being there for at least a year or, or more. And um, people, my coworkers would come up to me and start asking me like managerial questions or like trying to gossip with me about like administrative things. And I would tell people, I just make sandwiches. You <laughs> know. Um, so anyway, I... I thought it was going to be a, a pretty funny name to name my blog. I just make sandwiches. And then you come on and you see only have, you know, three or four sandwich recipes. <laughs> sandwich <on there>. recipes. <laughs> right? And then they see all this fancy stuff and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She makes way more than just sandwiches. And I'm like, well, yeah. And so, um, but I noticed that when I had started saying, I just make sandwiches more and more out loud that I kind of was downplaying my creativity and my abilities to create gourmet food. And as I was thinking about naming my blog, I was like, oh my goodness, that's how a lot of home cooks are. They just think, oh no, I just, I just open up a bag of, you know, the frozen meal that I just got from the store. I can't make, you know, homemade pasta. I can't make my own pizza at home or whatever. And, um, and so I'm using my I just make sandwiches, not only to be funny, but to tell you like, no, you can make more than just sandwiches. Let me show you how easy it is to make more than just sandwiches. I love that. I really love yes. that story. That's a great, a great message too. Um, and I do think a lot of people out there, moms in particular, do downplay everything that they do in the kitchen. And um, we do a lot. So I love that message. So- right. You talked about this a little bit in your intro, so but what? Why do you think that people should be having restaurant quality meals in their homes, or what do you think is important about kind of bringing more gourmet food to the table? My gosh, it's so much better for you. <laughs> <laughs> like not only you know from a health standpoint, um, but it's also good for your soul. It's good for you to treat yourself to, you know, a nice lobster dinner or a nice, you know, finely cooked steak or whatever, like just, just putting in that extra time and effort into creating something that may take a little bit more finesse, but isn't difficult to do. Like it makes you feel proud of yourself and engenders confidence and it can translate in other parts of your life. Um, and it's, it's, funny that we're talking about this because one of the biggest things I hear from people who follow along with my blog that happen to be moms, they say, I don't have time to cook from scratch. I don't have time to, to cook gourmet. And I'm like, <laughs> I am the prime example, you know, aside from my chef training that yes, you do have time. You just need to know how to plan your time better. I have a very busy three-year-old. I'm pregnant with our second and for the, almost the entire time that my blog has been out, my husband was in pharmacy school. And so we had a lot of things that we were juggling and I still found time to cook gourmet meals and 
and from scratch and all that stuff. So as long as you know how to time it and, and plan for it, you can make gourmet from scratch cooking, even if you're a busy mom. I love that. And I share a similar message as well, that it's more about planning and making the time for it. And I love what you said that um, making it just a little bit more gourmet can really make it special and help you show love not only to your family, but kind of to yourself by treating yourself to this good food. Not to mention it makes like vegetables and those things that most of us are trying to get in actually taste good. So (laughs) I know my husband, when we first got married, um, he told me that his family had this longstanding um, thought about vegetables that we're just going to eat them because they're good for us. We don't really like them, but we're just going to eat them. And I'm like, no, I'm going to get you to like vegetables. And that was my mission from like day one. And now he loves vegetables and his family's slowly converting to vegetables as well. <laughs> Yay for success. I'm with you. I couldn't, I can't eat anything that I don't like. So I'm all about finding ways that I like them, not about forcing myself to eat it. So that's exactly. awesome. And I love, I love that message for moms. Um, so tell me a little bit about culinary school and your experience as a chef. Um, like I said, I kind of wanted to have you on here because I think people don't often think about what a stressful environment working as a chef is. And can you tell me some of the things that you learned in that environment or maybe just some experiences you have um, and how you dealt with that stress and um, were still able to get those gourmet, high-quality meals on the table? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, So starting with culinary school, you know, we're we're cooking all the time. And I, so I was going to school full time and I was working pretty much full time. Um, that's just how my bosses wanted me to work. But, (laughs) (laughs) um, but there came a point in time where I literally had, um, it was, it was a three month period when I was, um, training to get ready for a cooking competition overseas in Austria. And I got up at, I think it was like four 30 in the morning and I wouldn't get home until about midnight or one o'clock. And so I would only get two hours of sleep a day until about Sunday. <laughs> and, then, and then I would just crash and burn. Um, and I remember one of the classes I was taking was um, a, a segment of it was on time management. And how can you juggle all the things that you have going on if, if you know, if you don't use your time very well? And so the professor had us map out our time and our day and, you know, to the minute, if we could, of what we were doing. And so I was just like, girlfriend, I am busy. And so like, I, (laughs) I blocked it all out, but it was a good visual representation to me to see like, how, how was I spending my time? I knew exactly how I was spending my time because I had no time, but um, (laughs) yeah, right. But when, when you're working full time, you're going to school till full time, and then you decide you want to participate in this overseas cooking competition, you have to be able to manage your time well to still get your assignments done and fulfill your obligations and all that stuff. Um, and then in a professional kitchen setting, um, oh, we're busy all the time. <laughs> we're busy all the time. And the only way, well, a huge factor in what helps a professional kitchen run efficiently to make sure that everything gets done on time um, is having lists and check systems in place. So each station has a prep list 
Um, and there can be as many as five or six stations in a professional kitchen. Um, and so you just you write everything that you have to do. And then you have to make sure that all those things get done. Um, and then from that sense, having inventory lists, um, which yes. the sous chefs and executive chefs use to basically put in a big grocery order with their purveyors. Um, and if those lists are not updated with new menu items or, you know, things that we're no longer using, that can seriously mess up how the kitchen runs. Because if you don't get things that you need, you can't make certain dishes and then, you know, everything is, is ruined. <laughs> then you're sending out your cooks to, to Safeway um but yeah just having those systems in place I I thrive off of lists I even have um we even have a board in, in my personal kitchen uh where we just write down things that I need to buy or we need to order um <clears throat> at the store and um and that that always helps so just Having lists in place everywhere helps a ton. Yes. I love that. And I um, I do a similar thing with my meal prep every week. I write it all down in list form because then I can see like, oh, I have this task that I have to do this many different times. So instead of doing this task five times, I'm able to do it one time. And um, same with that inventory list. I keep one on my freezer that says, you know, like freezer, fridge, um, pantry. And I know kind of what exactly. I have and um, I what a, I need a, to, not have, a, cook, so I love but a server one time, he really wanted to be a cook, but there's more money when you're a server. Um, but he told <laughs> me that he and his girlfriend, um, actually put a list on their fridge of everything that was in their fridge, whether it be leftovers or, you know, raw ingredients that way they knew, okay, we have these leftovers that need to be eaten and they were dated and everything. So, um, yeah, again, back to the lists. If you have lists in place, you, you're able to, you know, follow a meal plan or you're able to help reduce the amount of food waste you're going through, um, and saving yourself a lot of money. If you know exactly what you have, and what you don't need. Yes, and um, especially for a lot of people, or a lot of members of my audience I know are moms that are feeling really overwhelmed and something as simple as keeping a list on your fridge of what you have to eat could really relieve a lot of that stress um, mm -hmm. that you don't have to feel that like nagging question all the time of like, what are we going to eat? You know, you, you know, that those leftovers are there, you're getting through them, you're saving money. So anyway, I really love that tip. So thank you for that. Kind of going along with that, just, we talked about transitioning into motherhood and kind of in your case, um, felt like you had more time. A lot of us, I know, feel like we have uh, less time as we, you know, add more kids and are trying to balance everything. So, um, I know that I have felt in the past, like there are times that I find a lot of joy in the kitchen and that I'm cooking kind of out of that joy, but there's other times that um, I'm in survival mode and I feel like that's kind of what motivates my cooking. Um, what are some ways that I could make my meals a little bit more gourmet that are not going to take more time? Oh, this is great. I totally haven't... Um... I offer something for free on my blog. 
Edge runs this exactly. Um, and it's called Seven Simple Hacks to Elevate Your Dinner. Um, I love that. Yes. And <laughs> they require very little effort, if any extra effort. Um, I think one of my favorite tips on there is just using fresh herbs. Um, they add a lot of flavor that you don't know is missing. Um, so in in my freebie and the seven simple hacks i especially uh highlight parsley because i feel parsley is so undervalued um as a fresh ingredient to a lot of cooking um, yeah people just put it on the side and like <laughs> as decoration or whatever <laughs> stop with the curly parsley yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um but but You'll find that as you add parsley, not only does it make it look pretty because it's bright and green, but it does add a lot of freshness. It cleanses your palate a little bit more, um, and it just adds a nice fun dimension to your cooking. So um, at the last last restaurant that I worked, we had this really simple dish. They were called sand dabs, which is a type of white fish. Um, They're very thin, and they cook really quick. Um, I think... I think we cooked it for like maybe two minutes on one side and then we flipped the filet over and kissed it on, on the griddle for like 30 seconds and then it was done. Um, so it was a very quick dish. And then we, um, we topped it with a brown butter almond sauce. And, um, so we heated up the brown butter, we tossed in the toasted almonds and then right as the sauce got to be nice and, and toasty and warm, we would uh, squeeze some lemon juice in, inside because lemon juice uh, stops brown butter from cooking any further uh, and gives it that nice little zing. And then we just added a little pinch of fresh parsley to the sauce, scooped it, and then, you know, drizzled it over the fish. And not only did it, you know, make it look nice because it had chopped parsley in there, but you just, you felt fresh. You didn't feel like the butter sauce was super heavy. Um, it was it was a really nice, delicate little dish. Um, so just finding opportunities like that to add fresh veg or not vegetables. Yes, eat your fresh vegetables, but adding <laughs> fresh adding fresh herbs into your cooking into a dish somehow doesn't have to be um, parsley. It could be cilantro or mint or basil or tarragon. Even um, can really liven up a dish. It can add a whole lot of excitement to your palate, uh, which will make you want to eat the dish again. Um, and it's just the simple way to just pizzazz without hardly any effort. I love that. Okay. And I will go ahead, um, and put a link to, um, everything that Marley talks about, but to that, um, to her website. So you can sign up for that freebie if you want more tips. Um, I won't make her give it all away right here, but thanks for sharing that one. And um, for more tips for elevating your meals at home. So um, we kind of already talked about this, but what would you say are the top three benefits to gourmet cooking and to like, what have you seen come as a result of this among your family and friends? Um, You make a lot of friends. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love that. <laughs> Make a lot of friends. Uh, no one's going to turn down anything from you. Um, but on a serious note, um, some benefits from gourmet cooking. 
in the long run, it's a real money saver. Like you're going to have to put up some money up front to invest um, in cooking from scratch and gourmet, but it's going to, it's going to last you a long time. Like uh, making your own pasta. Yeah. You're going to have to buy some Molina flour, which can be, you know, almost $4 for a bag of Bob bread mill, uh, some Molina flour, but the yield you get out of that flour is going to, um, it's going to last you a whole lot longer than just the dry pasta that you buy in the store. Um, mm-hmm. so it's going to save you a lot of money in the long run if you cook from scratch and gourmet. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number two, um, I think it, it, it ties back to having an increased level of confidence in your abilities to cook. Um, so you're going to expand your repertoire. Um, you're going to be more adventurous to try different foods. You're going to say, you know what? I, I have never tried rabbit before. Let's try rabbit because it's a different type of meat and why not? Let's give this a shot. It tastes like chicken, by the way, people. Um, rabbit's really delicious, but it tastes like chicken. Um, and then the third, third benefit of gourmet cooking, it's also healthier for you. If you're eating a lot of processed foods, um, you're going to notice a lot of detriment to your health in the long run. Um, whereas if you make a lot of it from scratch and, you know, from scratch and gourmet, I think kind of go hand to hand in hand, um, but you're going to, you're going to see an increased, um, health and, and whatnot in your life. I love that. Thank you for those. And, um, going along with that health thing, I am a dietitian who actually hates, like hates talking about diet and you, I mean, you'll hear a little bit of health on here, but I just, I don't like it. I don't like telling people what to eat, but my message kind of is, is that as you start cooking from scratch, as you start planning your meals, you, it's just naturally going to come. And that's what, that's what we all want, right? Like we don't, no one really wants to be like plugging every calorie into their phone or counting. But as you really venture into cooking, you, um, like you said, you gain confidence in the different kinds of dishes there are. You're brave enough to try that new vegetable at the store because, um, you have the confidence that, you know, you have the skills to make it into something delicious. And suddenly, um, your health, your nutrition, your diet isn't something that you have to obsess over, but it's just kind of a natural byproduct of what you're already doing in your life that's bringing you joy. So I really love that answer. Right. I, um, I did go on a crazy diet once after we got married because I was too poor to buy new pants. I was like, okay, I need to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, so I went on this horrible six-week diet and it was terrible And the one thing I learned from that experience was, yeah, you can restrict carbs and sugar and, you know, all that stuff. And that's fine and dandy. But I felt like I was dead on a soul level. Like it just, I felt like a part of me had died those six weeks. And I realized that in order for me to be truly healthy, I need to just, I need to feed my soul as well as my, as my physical body. And it just means to, you know, drink cream and moderate. I don't drink cream, but <laughs> <laughs> to have cream in moderation and, you know, just having those little treats 
every now and then. And, and that's part of a healthy lifestyle. It's not a diet. It's a health. It's a, it's a lifestyle. And definitely. And those little bits of cream to me, if that's making your vegetables palatable and delicious, then it's all the better. Yes. By all (laughs) means. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So, um, going back to your time working in kitchens and commercial kitchens, um, I know I talk a lot about meal planning and I know that for a chef meal and menu planning is huge. So are there any tips that you learned on putting together um, a menu of dishes that kind of work well together? Um, And even like throughout a week, how you would go about planning in a way that's efficient? Oh gosh. So this is, oh my, okay. This is part of my training that did not translate over very well into my personal <laughs> life. That's but, okay. <laughs> um, because I'm very much like an emotion, not emotional eater. I'm a moody eater. I'm a moody cook. So the, the problem that I have with menu planning for me is, yeah, I might be in the mood one day for spaghetti and then I go and buy all the stuff for it. And then when it comes to, you know, cooking it on that said day, I may not be in the mood for it. And so, um, but when it comes to kitchens, um, having that list system in place really helps, um, helps you stick to the menu that you do have in place. Um, something that I am a huge advocate of, or a huge advocate is, is not only teaching home cooks how to, you know, the principles of cooking and how to time things correctly and how to bring a meal together. But it's to, it's to trust their instincts that they have, you know, since developed and then just keep a a list of basics that they have in their pantry or in their fridge so that, you know, when they don't feel like making spaghetti, well, okay, I already have ground beef out. What can I make with that instead that I already have on hand? Um, and so you're not just like, well, I don't feel like spaghetti, but I got to make it because it's on the menu plan. Um, but yeah, so that sadly is something that has not translated over as I'm sticking with the meal plan. But I find that, you know, if I have my pantry stocked with the things that I, that my family and I eat all the time anyway, when I come into a pinch where, you know, I don't have time, or I'm just not feeling spaghetti. I love spaghetti, but we're just going to go with that example <laughs> <laughs> that I can then, you know, instead make, you know, I can make tacos because I, I love tacos and I'm never going to turn down tacos. Um, or, you know, cause I have tortillas in the fridge or I have, you know, beans and rice and, you know, can make something with that. Um, so I am more of a proponent of just learning the basics of cooking and then using your pantry to help guide you to, you know, feed your, your mood that day. <laughs> Cause I'm so I love that. No, I think that's great. And I, I really think that that's a really good message to share with my audience. Um, I know that I have a lot of different personality types out there. I'm a pretty like type a like organized person, but, um, I think that flexible planning is really important and that even just making sure that you have, I mean, you have to have the staples there, right? So some level of planning has to occur, but if, if planning your meal every single day doesn't work for you, that's 
okay, you can kind of have even just having a list of dishes that you like to make and that you know you have the ingredients for so that you can look and see like which one you want to make. And I absolutely don't think that a rigid meal plan is the only way. So thanks for like yeah. a different perspective um, of what those in my audience who maybe are a little bit more creative or um, don't like just being told what to eat that night. <laughs> so I really like that perspective and keeping a list, like you said, kind of going back to that idea that you can still be organized and not have to eat something based on a meal plan that night. So right, I like exactly. that. Um, and I find, you know, especially with making recipes for the blog, um, whether it be a soup recipe or like a roast recipe, I find that I'm a lot more successful in reducing waste and being in that crunch of like, oh, do I, you know, what can we eat? You know, especially if, if I've gone a long time between grocery shopping trips and things are looking rather bare <laughs> in the fridge, I'm like, what can we eat? Um, but, you know, saving these massive recipes that I've made and freezing them instead of them just sitting in the fridge and thinking, oh, I've got to eat butternut squash soup for the next 14 days because that's how much we have left. No, if you portion it out and then you freeze it, then when you're in that crunch where you're just like, I don't know what I have to eat or I'm not really in the mood or like, oh, I, I need to make, you know, I've, I've, got a, uh, I've got a grocery trip planned at the end of the week, but I don't really have anything to make here. Just pop in your, in your freezer pull out, you know, something that you made a month or two ago and then boom, you've got dinner. You don't have to worry about it. Yes. I love that. And, um, I'm a huge pro well supporter, I guess, of freezing your leftovers because nobody wants to eat the same thing every day. But, um, once you kind of like create this bank in your freezer in a week or two, you can just like not cook and eat something different every day after you've kind of saved things and it's a way to kind of like freshen up the idea of leftovers so I really love that idea and recommend that you do that as well <laughs> I've had a great time talking to you Marley um I just want to know if if my audience takes one thing from this episode about gourmet cooking what what do you think that should be what should the take-home message be um about cooking from scratch and gourmet cooking you have more time than you think you do you're just not using it well <laughs> <laughs> so true just a little <laughs> a little harsh truth there from marley but <laughs> i agree and um i hope that as you listen and kind of study that you can find ways to use your time better and kind of find that time to spend in the kitchen and to create um, memorable meals and memories for your family um so yeah. Tell me one more time, and I'm going to put all of these resources, like I said, in the show notes, but where can my audience go if they want to hear more from you, and are there any specific products or services that you have available at this time, and how can we get all of these things? You can find me everywhere. I'm everywhere. <laughs> no. Um, I, yeah, basically, I'm everywhere at I Just Make Sandwiches. I'm on Facebook. I have a YouTube channel. Um, Facebook, I do, I try to do weekly lives. That's been kind of hit or miss because pregnancy and sickness and life just in general. I'm on Instagram. At I just make sandwiches. I'm on Pinterest. At I just make sandwiches. I'm on Twitter, but who's really on Twitter for food, but I'm on there. I have lots of freebies. <laughs> I, I like to help lots of people. 
Um, so I have the seven simple hacks to elevate your dinner. Um, that's you're going to get a pamphlet of seven simple hacks. Um, and I give you lots of tips on how to incorporate those. I also have a basic cooking principles guide. Um, where I teach you basic cooking terms, what they actually mean instead of what we have come to think of them as. Um, and then I also have a seasonal produce guide where I teach you guys how to figure out what produce is in season, which time of year. I teach you how to prep them and cook them and use them. And I even give you a free recipe. Thank you. So as you can tell, no shortage of resources from Marley. And like I said, all of those links are in the show notes. And I just want to say a huge thank you um, to you, Marley, for joining me. I'm so excited to share this message with my audience. And I think it's an important one to hear. So thanks so much. I hope you all enjoyed listening to that conversation I had with Marley as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. I hope that you're motivated to add a little bit of gourmet flavor to your cooking and see how that brings more joy into your kitchen. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking convenience foods that I can't live without. Most of you know that most of the time I'm all about cooking from scratch, but I'm also a busy mom of three, so I'm letting you know which convenience foods I have in my kitchen often and why I think they're things that you should keep on hand too. I hope you tune in and thanks for listening. Happy cooking and happy planning.